Good day and welcome to Christian Warrior Woman. My name is Lisa Hawkins and I'm the author of Christian Warrior Woman, Taking Back Your Faith, Family and Future. And today I have a surprise for you. I have a guest um, joining me today to help us on this journey of living a purposeful life, living out God's plans. And as you're aware, the these first podcasts, first number of podcasts for this year so far is about living on purpose and actually getting a planner and actually seeking God in prayer on what's in store for you this year and how to overcome, endure, and press on even in trying time. So I hope up until this point, um, the all of the podcasts have helped you get to the point where you have your three um, goals that you're working toward. And we talked about how they can seem um, big plan, but we have to drill them down into tactics. But we also know that many of us each year come up with goals or dreams, but we really don't flush them out and lay them out and put them in print and, and live them out each day. And even when we do, we can run into hindrances things that steal our hope, our joy, and our plans. And we already know from God's word that his plans for us are good. So if we start out the new year with a good plan, with fasting and praying and all of these great things, what stops us from maintaining that through the year? So I, I did a phone a friend, you know how they do on TV. And this friend is Reverend um, Carol Brown, and she's the founder and CEO of Sparkle Ministries. She's ordained, and she's also a nationally ranked um, counselor. She works in hospital settings, private settings, but she works in, in various areas, such as working with survivors of sexual abuse, but also experience with the inpatient and outpatient behavioral health, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, Whatever you have, trust me, she's probably dealt with in her daily work. And what's awesome about having Carol on is because Carol knows the, the medical, psychological, behavioral side, but she also knows how to marry that with the spiritual side, which is very difficult when we talk about mental health with Christians they get kind of lost in someone trying to make them be more worldly. But you know what? God inspires those like Reverend Carol to help us break through those areas of hindrances. So Carol, Reverend Carol, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here with you tonight, um, giving the opportunity to talk about some areas I am extremely passionate about. Awesome. Awesome. And just so the audience know, I've asked, I have not told Reverend Carol what to say or what to do. I just um, was talking to her about you know, my own struggle about what are some of the things and, and things that hinder you from reaching a dream and how you can get burnt out or distracted. And it comes down to hindrances. And I figured um, her, she would probably deal with people who go around the mountain a lot and have a lot of hindrances and wanted her to share what some of the common things that she sees and how she helps individuals break free and continue to their success. So I'm going to let um, her share those golden nuggets um, with each of us so that we can stay on course for 2021 to be our year. Amen. Amen. Um, one of the first things I'm going to say is that it is important to be intentional and to gather strategy so that we can push through the plans and the purposes that God has for our lives. He's already ordained it. He's, he has already orchestrated it. However, it is often because of some of the hindrances I'm going to talk about that we don't experience that abundant life, that we are an experience walking through and living out 
our God-given purpose. Um, Lisa, the first thing I, I always like to share is just the perspective that I have when it comes to um, accomplishing goals, living out our purpose, healing from those things that have wounded us in life. I work from a holistic mindset. And so we are multidimensional human beings. We are not just body. We're not just mind. And so it's my belief that in order to help individuals through any challenges in life, even those that may appear to be the most simplistic to the most complicated, we have got to look at all aspects of who we are. And so for an example, I don't think it's a good idea to ignore any part of who we are. So for an example, we all have a body. We all have a body. We, we get that. No further explanation needed. We all have a body. But we also have a soul. And our soul is our mind, our will, or our reasoning, and our emotions. And we also have a spirit. And so in order, part of what I love to do is to integrate that into the clinical into the psychological because it all works together. Everything is connected. Lisa, (laughs) I don't know if you remember, but I'm probably about to date myself, but I remember in elementary school, um, as early as elementary school, we learned that our anatomy, everything was connected. So, you know, it's the foot bone connected to the ankle bone, (laughs) the ankle bone connected to the calf bone, the calf bone connected to the leg bone, and you you get my point, right? So because everything is connected, I could walk outside of my workplace or outside of my home, I could injure my foot by stepping on a, a, a nail or some sharp object, it may break the skin, It may bleed some. I may look at it, think I'm strong. I got this. I can keep on walking. And later on, I get home and I, I, you know, I wipe it off again. And, oh, this hurts a little bit, but I'm okay. I'm going to slap something on it and I'll be okay. And so some days may pass and I just keep ignoring that little pain I have in my Mm -hmm. foot. That skin was broken. Well, uh, week goes by and now I've got a little limp in my walk because that injury is starting to affect me and then a couple more weeks go by Lisa (laughs) and now all of a sudden I am holding my back because there's some pain in my back and uh exactly happened. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> so uh, we, we let some more time go by and, and most of us, especially women, we, if it was a baby, uh, we would be running that baby to the doctors. If it was the husband, we would have made him the appointment to make sure he get, gets that foot checked out. But mama tends to take care of everyone else before she checks on herself. And so time goes by and she thinks she's done what she's needed. She's cleaned it and, you know, disinfected and it's good. I oh band-aid. I just won't wear my heels for a little yeah. while because that pressure makes yeah. it so I look cute in my running shoes or what have you. And so then here it is. I'm sitting one day and I recognize I have a pretty bad headache and I can't stand headache pain. And so by day two, I am in my primary care physician's office and I'm saying to him or her, I've been having for two days this migraine headache and I don't know what it is, but I can't take it. And so depending on the doctor and the doctor's philosophy, you may get a prescription for some pain meds for your headache or It may be that that doctor will start asking you some questions and say, well, when did the migraine start and and, and when did you first notice and what do they feel like? So depending on what that journey looks like, it may be some time before it is discovered that the migraine headaches are a result of the foot injury. It all all works Mm -hmm. together. 
And so instead of keep taking pain medication for my migraine, I need to go see the podiatrist now or whatever doctor would take care of my foot and take care of that injured foot. Once we get to the root of the migraine headaches, the back pain, we take care of that, then guess what? All the rest goes away and we're walking again. And that is my perspective when it comes to mental health, when it comes to emotional health, everything is connected. So we may see someone throwing a fit, road rage, someone cursing you out or whatever. And we're just like, oh, she just mean all the time. Or, you know, he's got anger issues. Well, you know what? What's the root of all of that? Let, let's take some time and explore that. And maybe we will discover where it started and work on that issue. The, the addiction, whether it's chocolate chip cookies, Visa, MasterCard, or alcohol. There's a root cause. And so I like to work from a holistic mindset because everything is connected. Perhaps what we're seeing, those behaviors are a broken heart, a wounded heart that never hey, made Carol, it. Um, it's interesting that you, that the Lord would have you use that. And, I, and I'm being totally honest that I literally had that happen to me and I ignored I cut my foot and I ignored it, it calloused over and I was walking with a limp and several people were like, are you okay? You look like you're limping. And I was like, oh no. And anytime I put even any pressure on that part of the foot, it was bothering me, but I did like you, I'm busy doing the business, doing all this different stuff and I'll get to it later. And it literally went to my having backache and I went to the chiropractor and said, oh, my back bothered me. Mm. And he said, well, when did this start? And I said, well, um, I was sitting there trying to remember. Now, meanwhile, this foot and I said, I've been walking kind of a little off balance. And he said, why do you think that? And I said, well, I did cut my foot and it's got a cows and it's been that spot has been sore for like a year. And I mean, oh my I'm gosh. Get yeah. Pedicures and stuff. And when the woman goes to scrub my feet, I'm like, well, just be careful right there. I need to go to the doctor. And I literally put it yeah. off. And literally, my back was killing me. And I'm going to the chiropractor getting adjustments. But what I really needed to do was to get my foot taken care of so that the rest would be aligned. And it's, I'm, I'm, it's so interesting that God would have you use that because. I'm a, I'm a walking yes. example of, you know, we're talking about what's hindering people from getting to their goal. It's the stuff that happened even before they thought of the goal and some of the things they haven't yeah. let go of that are hindering, whether it's parents' words or different things that have exactly. happened what their root is. And you and I definitely are in agreement that the root cause is the most important thing to overcome to go forward. Yes, yes. You know, I just believe and say I'm just optimistic. I really believe that most people want to do right and want to do well. I don't believe that anyone wakes up intentionally saying, you know, I think today's the day I'm just, I, I think today's the day I'm going to become um, addicted to crack cocaine or today's the day that I am going to make sure my children hate me for the rest of my life. Nobody does that. So how do we get to that? And if we only look at the symptoms, the cure never comes, the healing never comes. Cure it, it, on the but medical. Is, but is it that we, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm more focused on every as a woman I'm more focused on my family and everybody else having everything aligned perfectly than myself how do we how do we choose ourselves and that's something that I've, I've learned to do in the last year especially is to choose myself first and it doesn't mean everyone else is neglected but how can women who are listening learn to feel comfortable with choosing themselves first I think one of the, for me, I'll share what's worked for me and what I've been trained to do. 
a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-reflection, paying attention to the things that frustrate you, um, that anger you. You know, if, if I'm frustrated or I'm stressed and I take a look, okay, what have I done today or what has happened this week? When did this flip for me? When did this change? And I realized that all week I've been taking care of everyone else's needs. All week I've said yes when I should have said no. When those things happen, you know, we, we, we can't keep living like that. And so at some point, some, you know, every, something's going to blow. And I, for me, just reflecting, like, why, why am I angry? Why is this frustrating? Why am I feeling so annoyed? And really being honest, and I believe, you know, spending a lot of time at the feet of Jesus, just, you know, God help, why am I so angry? What, 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 what's going on here? That self-reflection, and, I, and I'm using the no thing uh, because that's where I had to do a lot of work. Um, I was raised, I was, I was the oldest of four girls and I was raised to take care of my sisters. Well, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that all my life. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I'm going to be very transparent. I don't know how many listeners even know this movie, but God, you know, sometimes things are going to take a minute, Lisa. I promise you, I remember asking God, God, why did it take you so long? Why are you just telling me this? Well, probably because I wouldn't have listened before or it wouldn't have had the impact. But I remember my one of my brother in loves. uh jokingly came to he was laughing like a little smirk and I'm like why is he doing that and I was sitting with my sister I I was visiting visiting with them out of town and he said oh I got this movie I want you to watch and I said okay (laughs) and my sister literally literally folded into almost a fetal position and I'm looking like why she why is she acting like that the name of the movie is called Deliver Us from Eva. <laughs> oh, no, I know that movie. Don't tell me that's you. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'm glad you can laugh, Lisa, because I cried for a year. I cried for a year, and I'm watching my sister. And there's another one in between she and I, and then there's a baby behind her. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this movie. I'm in tears. I'm in I'm tears. Laughing I'm laughing because I'm cracking up. <laughs> oh, I promise you, I was not laughing. Hold that one over you. Go ahead. <laughs> I was not laughing. And so we get through the movie, and there's a perfect. I wish you knew my sisters because there's a scene when they're all walking up these stairs outside, and the four women and the four men are yeah. behind them, and it looked like my sisters and I and our spouses. And I was, I said, oh my God, is this what you think about me? Is this what you think about me? And my sister said to me, and all with everything, I think it took everything in her to respond to me. She says, well, yeah, but you're not evil. Look, 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 but you're not evil like evil. <laughs> Well, wait a minute, at least you're Eva, but saved. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I can tell you, when I tell you that was a God moment, that was my the beginning of my deliverance because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't have to take care of my sisters. I didn't know that now we're adults. I mean, they were all married and I'm still their, their go-to. Still in their business. Except for that <laughs> But look, that that one sister, her husband, uh, strong man of God, told her when they got engaged that I would no longer be her go-to. Amen. She never told me that that until after we watched that movie. And so I'm not even going to tell you what year that was, but anywho. It wasn't long ago. It wasn't long long enough ago. But I I share that to say how we can be living with hindrances and and, and challenges and and strongholds and not even recognize. Even even, even what you just said, not to cut you off, but we live with even people as our excuse 
for not achieving our goals because we can use, well, so-and-so told me to do it this way and it didn't work out. Yes. And sometimes we rely on hearing God through other people versus hearing God for ourselves. For ourselves. And that's what we're disappointed. To me, how I broke that was I can be disappointed because I missed hearing God, but I can't be disappointed because I listened to somebody else and didn't hear God right. for myself. It's nothing wrong with asking, asking for counsel or guidance, but some people live to please other people. And I've done that, a hindrance of why I can't see my purpose because I'm so busy trying to fulfill other people's purpose of how they perceive me or how I want to be perceived. And I think social media is a perfect example of how people are this fake living, this hindrance of pretending to be happy, pretending to have it all going on. And that's not the reality that leads you to more depression, more lack of identity. And I don't understand there's more people depressed today. We have so many vehicles of communicating and connecting. Yeah, and, and there's, that's one of the one of the areas I think that is a major hindrance. And I'll, I'll speak to it if we have time. I want to, but I, I I wish I could say I said this, but I did not. I heard it many years ago, and it was simply this: as believers, we have got to learn to live not as we were raised to be, but as we were created to be. Mm, that's good. That's good. And so that will force you to a place, push you to a place, usher you to a place to go back to creator. Mm -hmm. Go back to God. God, this is this is where I am. Is this where you even want me to be? Right. God, is this your will for my life? God, I don't understand why I'm always angry. Lord, I don't understand. Cleanse my heart. You know, I, I, ooh, why ooh I can remember the times in my life. People. Why, why do I always have failed relationships? And what exactly. are the things I ask myself? If you keep meeting, you know, we, you and I both talk to women who they sometimes keep meeting the same type of guy. And I joke with someone That's and said, yeah. you need a new well. You can't keep going to the same well. If, if you keep going yeah. to the same place and meeting a guy in that same spot and they're no good, you need to stop going to that place. And you need to find that's a different right. that's place right. or pray about, okay, and, and I guess it's okay to admit that you're wrong. I don't understand why sometimes people can't understand that you can change. If you've been doing the going to the wrong well, guess what? As of today, I'm no longer looking for a man or a job or whatever it may be in that lane. I'm going to now switch. And I think that the idea of change and maybe admitting that the way I was going wasn't getting me to my goal. So now I need to go and do it differently, whether it's because I'm divorced and now I'm single and maybe the way you looked and dated men in your 20s is no longer the way you would look and think of what a man can add to you in your 30s or your 40s. So how, how, do, you, how do you break the hindrance of being transparent and, and feeling okay that this way failed, so I need to try something different? One of the things I like to make sure I do um, there are two things I think are very important that need to be established to help people move from that place and to move towards change. And one is they have to have a safe place to do so. It, 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 it takes more than just courage to say, you know, I don't like where I am or I don't like the person I've become or I don't like the it takes a lot so to one having a safe place to do that and what and what's a um, safe place there, what do you mean when you say safe place? all righty thank you for that question okay so a place where I love this phrase I, I well it's, it's scriptural where I can show up naked and unashamed mm. a place where I will not be judged or condemned a place where I can cry a place where I can say I don't have it all together and in that space you don't judge me 
in fact, you love me. So now my you question would be there because we know we run into a lot. I run into a lot of challenges where a number of people necessarily don't feel safe in a church setting doing that because of not wanting people to know their business. You know, in the healing room, I get a lot of people who want that safe place. And I think that's a great point that you make that sometimes people make the excuse um, or just unaware that it can be in the church setting, whether in a small group or someone that you view as a coach in church or maybe a ministry that is outside that church. But I always I always believe if you go to a church, you should feel safe in that place with someone or some part of the ministry. Would you agree or? No, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, as a therapist, that that's one of the things I focus on offering clients or patients. This is a safe place. This is a place where what you share is confidential. And so, you know, unfortunately, sir, um, we need to retrain those who have offered those spaces. Um, There's some retraining that needs, or maybe just flat out training that needs to be um, done, you know, um, and you know, I just have to go here for a lot. It is really growing in Christ and maturing. You know, I remember sharing with my daughter when she was probably, you know, middle school. And you know how girls are in middle right. school. And and I remember telling her, I said, let me help you understand something about people, especially your girlfriends. I said, first of all, and this was advice I got when I was in the sixth grade, <laughs> Ne- First of all, never share anything you don't want to hear. You don't want everyone to hear unless you know you won't hear it again. Right. And so that's about integrity. Right. And 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 when you're when you're uh, 12 years old, you, you know, unless mom and daddy did a really good job, you're still working through that. Right. right? And so um, that's that's important. That's you know, confidential. <laughs> And you know, but here's the thing. Here's what I would also tell her. I would say your best friend might have a best friend. So if you share X, Y, Z with your best friend, she may have a best friend that's not your best friend. So now what you shared, if she doesn't understand confidentiality, if she doesn't understand when you say this is between us, that she keeps it between you now everybody's best friend knows what you share you know and it's funny when you said that the other thing that i always think of if if you have a problem and the person that's your best friend has the same problem you can make her aware that you have that problem but you can't look to her to help you solve that problem because now you got two bad heads trying to solve a problem that you really need someone with more wisdom and more guidance to and that's what I find sometimes when we say birds with feather flock together, I'll see three girlfriends and they're all single struggling to find someone, but they're not, they're just with each other in misery versus being able to build each other up and grow together. It's And then when one might meet someone, the other two get jealous. And I'm like, so how how is this a beneficial relationship if you're only happy together when you're miserable but when someone meets someone good, you let your friends talk you out of the relationship. So I always say you've got to look outside of your group for help because it's like if, if you can't put on your oxygen and your friend can't put on oxygen, you got to go to get the oxygen from someone who's got it. That, that That's good. That's good. And again, and we know as we grow and we learn, we we prayerfully hopefully become a little more sensitive to those that we keep close to us um one of the things that i found very helpful um and i'm going to speak even in my life right now is to have a circle of friends sister friends who love me enough to be honest with me who support me who encourage me, don't let me act goofy and you just sit and look at me. Right. I need you to lovingly 
call me on the carpet, Carol. That's that what's going on. That attitude's not you, or that's that's not becoming of you. You know, and work with. But that takes some time, some maturity, and you know what? Often there's something we can pray about. Well, send me some women who will help me in my journey to become who you've called me to and be. And that sounds like a good small group. Because um, to me, it also sounds like accountability with, you know, some of the hindrances. Yes. Who are you accountable to on helping get to, you know, I think, you know, if I talk to you, Carol, talk to another girlfriend and I say, you know, one of my goals is to get better in, in my health. And you hear in our, my conversation, I'm doing things that are opposite of what I've told you. It hopefully I've now given you the freedom to say, didn't you say... What are you? I'm just making this up. What are you doing eating a whole rack of ribs? Didn't you say you were working on your health? Right. Yes. I mean, it's in love, yes. not in judgment. But when we keep things just to ourselves and we're not talking about it and sharing it, then it's easy for us to to backslide because we haven't really spoken it, declared it, and made it part of the people we communicate which should know that we're choosing to live a different way or that we have some goals and maybe they might share in them or finding people that want like goals that are trying to achieve the same thing you are. Exactly. And Lisa, if I may just use as a segue to one of probably, if I were to list number them, probably at the top of my list, number one that I believe is a hindrance. Um, in not walking in purpose, a hindrance to not following through and, and with goals and plans and visions is uh, believing a lie. If we believe a lie, we live a lie. And the only way we can find truth is in the word of God. But if we believe a lie, no matter what that lie is, a lie is a lie. Yeah. A lie, and we know that the father of lies, according to scripture, has a plan of destruction for our lives. So we can just quickly add that up. If a lie is a lie equals destruction, then how am I going to get to purpose if I'm believing a lie? And sometimes those lies are deeply rooted. Maybe you heard it from the time you were 18 months old. And so it takes a lot of work to move out of that space where you're living a lie. Perhaps a person, a, a, a woman is having difficulty um, uh, holding on to goals or plans because she doesn't believe she's worthy. Yeah. She, she was told all her life she couldn't do it. And so if that's the lie you believe, it doesn't matter how many planners you buy, how much money you spend on them, how many classes you go to, until you move past that lie, until that lie is no longer the foundation of your belief system, you will keep living a lie. True. We live out of our belief system. And that's why the word of God tells us that our mind must be renewed. Every day. So if I'm told every day, every because there's always something to lie. I need it every hour. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, look, I tell people, people talk about, uh, you know, I don't sin, you know, I'm a good person. Well, the word tells us that none of us are good. But let me tell you, there are days that Carol needs to ask God for forgiveness before she even gets out the bed mm -hmm. for her thought, what she thought. <laughs> Wait, wait, wake up, wake right? up with the wrong thought. That's a bad. Wake up with the wrong thought. I mean, it could have been a dream or anything. You wake up and you're, I'm like, where did that come from? What, 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 what was, I'm like, Lord, help me. Yeah. Forgive me. Yes. You know, and then we have to allow our mouths to line up with the promises and the purposes of God. We have to speak light. You know, oh no. You know, you wake up, oh, you know, maybe it's a rainy day or whatever. Oh, this is going to be such a crappy day. Well, there you go. It, it will be. No. You know, one thing. It will I be. I remember at a, a conference, I was talking to women who were like, you know, getting into senior roles and going to be working with a lot of men. And one of the things that's funny when you said that, one of the things I remember telling them is you need to learn how to say the word no. I don't know why women mm -hmm. somehow men are quite comfortable saying no. 
but we as women have been trained to be uncomfortable looking at someone when they ask us to do something and we say no we're unable to do that and we have to like get comfortable doing that not letting someone steal your time time is so valuable but it's right. okay to say no i can't do that and to be and it's not you're not it has nothing to do with your faith being a christian that god won't be happy with you but if you have a plan and god has a purpose for you saying no when somebody wants you to do something out of line with your plan that's going to hinder you so that's an easy no that's right that's and hey let me help somebody out today no is a complete sentence no explanation needed amen <laughs> <laughs> Carol, you're starting to sound like you're from New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Maryland's close enough, right? <laughs> but it's true. But, you know, it, seriously, though, we, I mean, it, it's a process. It, our, 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 our life with God is a journey. And we're always growing and we're always changing if we allow him to do that in us. And so I thank God today Lisa I'm not Eva right <laughs> I'm glad but not. I can tell you that was hard like I felt like I mean when you you're talking I lived like that so long like I felt like I was letting my siblings down I felt like I wasn't doing what was my responsibility to do mm-hmm. and I but I had to let it go because it wasn't pleasing to God. And and truth be told, it was stressing me out. Yes. My my, my younger sister always our relationship was more like mother and daughter. This sister was married. And if she made one phone call, whatever she needed, I made it happen. Right. And one day God arrested me and he 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 told me, she called me. I mean, and I'm in Georgia, she's in Maryland. And I'm thinking, I need to go, I need to get there. I need to do. And one time God said to me, no. That was hard for me. I'm like, no, God, no. no. I need to fix this. <laughs> I, exactly. She's counting on me. So you know what, Lisa? I had to start that, that, that um, self-reflection why was that so important to me? Yeah. What was that really about? Some of it I can say it was how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I was raised, take care of your sisters, watch out for your sisters, do this. I was the oldest. Right. But we grown right. folk. Right, right. <laughs> Mary, living like that, Carol, what is that doing for you? And I promise you, whenever we find ourselves in those places, we have made something or someone greater than God. And I even have had the Lord say to me, um, because when I first got into ministry, I was so just wanting to be used and help people and I love solving problems. So I was overtaxing myself, just extending myself and just like, I'd be getting phone calls at one o'clock in the morning yes. and I'm doing this and doing that. And finally I was like, gosh, I'm exhausted. I'm doing this for free. I'm not even on, I'm not even, I'm not in a church doing this. I'm doing this for the church, but they're not even staying up to one o'clock. What am I doing? Yes. And the Lord was like, so who's the savior? Exactly. <laughs> I, I was putting, when especially you tell people stuff and they don't do it. And then they call you back and you say, well, I told you the first time, why didn't you do it? Now you're in a deeper problem. And I literally had, the Lord broke me of the savior complex Yeah, that he said, you like rescuing folks. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I was, but why don't you let them fall so I can catch them? And see, my thing was, I wanted to spare people of the experience that I had where there was no one there for me or no one to, um, you know, help the fall not be so hard. So I thought I was really trying to help them like no one in my mind. I didn't think anyone was there for me. So let me be there for this person and show them what I wish someone had done for me. Yeah. But but the Lord had to really break me over that. He was like, you like the idea of saving them. 
of solving their problems. Yes. But but you have to learn through your problems and you need to direct them to me. Exactly. So that if they fall, they hit their head, they run and they stumble or whatever, I got them. Yes. You don't have to feel responsible for that. Yes. And so to be honest, I why I can laugh about the deliberate Eva is because <laughs> I'm probably the Eva with my sons and husband. Um, <laughs> so that's why I can laugh because when I saw the movie, I was like, I see a little me in there. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's really allowing and you know, I find it hard when people, people also like to reach out to people versus reaching out to God. Oh, yeah. And he knows them better than me or any minister could possibly know them. And he has such a, it, and it does feel uncomfortable. It, it does feel like I don't know what will happen. But when you know that God is for you, you know the something that he's going to do is going to be good it may not look or feel or sound like what you want but the outcome of it all is going to be greater than what you could have imagined exactly because he's all his plan is always the better plan and um you know one of the other things that uh happens when we when we perform like that is that we enable people and they don't grow and they're right. not delivered. And that's, of course, we would never say that's what we want from them, but that's ultimately what happens when we have that, as you said, saver mentality, or we have to rescue. And it, and, and that's, for, I don't know about for you, Lisa, but that was a, that was a really tough place for me, um, making that mm-hmm. transition, because not only was it so prevalent within my, my family, but also with some friends. And even when I started ministry, because I, I had to learn quickly, it is not a good idea to have people call you all day long and all night right. long. You cannot be available at 2 a.m. You know? But you know what I learned when I went deep? It, 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 I'm being transparent. It's, it's sad to admit. I realized the Lord showed me that my helping rescue folks made me feel valuable. Mm-hmm. It made me, it made my existence because see, because I had some woundedness of how I got here and maybe I wasn't really supposed to be here. So I'm overperforming because I want to prove that I am supposed, I'm a value that I'm supposed to be here. And so I found that my which perfectionism was in there a little bit too. There we go. But I found that my performance of wanting to be the best in school and wanting to please my parents, because jokingly I was told I wasn't a planned child. So I wanted to prove that not only I might not have been planned, but I'm the best child. And so deep down, that identity was the issue. Yes, there you go. My overperformance. So when it's wanting to be loved, because if I help rescue you, that's going to make you have affection toward me. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, it, at the root of it, I had to face that it was more than just me wanting to rescue. It was what that, what my hope was subconsciously is that would link them to love me or like me or, and that's what I was really hungry for. And was, it was God's love not enough for me. And that was what I had to face in prayer that, oh gosh, I'm wanting to rescue them. So they feel an attachment and some kind of, you know, love toward me like, oh, and it was validating my existence. That is so good. Oh my gosh, Lisa. And I didn't, and the Lord broke me of, I knitted you in your mother's womb with these gifts. You don't have to validate yourself with people people don't make you them loving you hating you and when that broke free and and of course i did deliverance so many times whatever we can't even i can't even tell you the number of times every time i went i was like i need this i need this and i and i and and it was a process for me and i tell people all the time it was 10 years in the making Mm -hmm. of me really changing how i thought and how i see myself that the things and the people that even hurt me, I don't even see them the same anymore. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, that is so good. And you know what, Lisa, as you were talking, and, and I always come back to these two things when we're talking about hindrances, when we're talking about people get stuck. But before I mention those two things, because you talked about them, whether you realize it or not, when I mention it, I'm sure you agree. The first thing is we have always have, we have to check our motive. We have to check mm-hmm. our motives. Why do we do what we do? Why am I doing this? Because when the motive is not right, God is not pleased. Amen. We're what Cain, Cain and Abel. Hello. And we could go down mm-hmm. the list. God is not pleased because he's after our heart. He wants to tenderize our hearts. He wants to change our hearts. He what you know, Psalm 51, I can't tell you. <laughs> God, you talk about God doing a work around the same time my brother in love thought it was a good idea for me to watch Deliver Us from Eva. I tell you, I was lit oh, every day. That's all I could Lord, Lord, cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. Purify. That was just what I had because that's what was going on. That's what God was doing. That was the work he was doing. He was purging me of all that stuff that he could not use in his kingdom. And so I, I even, you know, I know in marriage ministry, I would, uh, you know, it could be a, a, a wife. She loves her hubby. She does. And she's in counseling or whatever. And she wants this to change. She wants that. And the question is, why? What, right. Is it because you you want you're concerned about his soul? Was because you just don't want to have to deal with you just want your life easier. These are the things that God is concerned about and He's looking at. And then so checking our motives. That's what I, I'm like. Checking motive. Why am I doing this? Why why didn't I say no? Is it because uh, I'm afraid that they won't? see me the same way they won't like me as much they won't and so that takes me to these two words lisa i truly believe this that every single breathing human being on earth is looking for two things and when these two things are shaken if we have a believe a lie that unattainable then that's when chaos sets in and we're just doing whatever we can do to try to trying to grab hold of this and that's love and acceptance that's it and ultimately no one can love us like god can and you know what he's already accepted us he created us but when we don't understand our identity is in christ then we will allow anything and anyone to define who we are. We've got to start with God who created us. Before the foundation of this world, he had a plan for our lives and he loves us unconditionally and he accepts us just as we are. And he's the one that will mold us and shape us for our greater good. Because when he finishes, when he's working, we're looking better and better. And we're more useful. So if anyone feels unloved or unaccepted, they will spend a lifetime trying to find that place. And that's where we get in trouble. Because no man or woman can love us like God or accept us like God. So that has, God has got to be our foundation. And after that, guess what? Everything else looks great. Gets better. It's true. It's true. It's so funny how God, God really molded this podcast. I wish I could say that this was our plan, um, be it our examples and what we talked about considering, you know, when people listen to the podcast, I always tell them it is totally Holy Spirit driven um, because I don't, I don't outline. I really, the Lord gives a subject and then we just rip and we don't even, I don't even edit. I just go straight through to let people hear what the Lord puts in our heart in the moment versus marketing it or packaging it. And this conversation between us was definitely far from what we talked about or even thought we might talk about, but it's what really the Lord wanted to share with folks about how important they are. I will say when the Lord made me look in my heart 
at what was really lacking, it has totally changed and has made me not, I was living my life for other people. I was living my life to please other people and I was exhausting myself and not even for my own purpose and for what the plan he had for me. And when the Lord broke me free from that, it was so, it was true freedom, you know, in God. And I so want that. And it's so, that's why the Lord had me write the book and share these experiences to help disciple and help women break free from looking to whether it's a husband, a man, or someone else to fulfill their future, when God already implanted that future in them, it's just for them to walk it out with him. No matter the good days, bad days, that's why we have seasons, seasons of prosperity, seasons of sadness, seasons of joy. And we just need to focus on forward and not look back. That's right. That's right. You know, you said something that <laughs> reminded me of what was really a, um, it was deliverance for me. You you spoke about perfectionism and that's a, that could be three, four podcasts if we talk about my stuff, but um, that that's a lie. That was one of the lies I yeah. believed. And so I lived right. from that place all the time, but I want to encourage, listen, no matter the what. The more perfect you are, the more loved you are. You say what now? <laughs> The more loved you'll be, the better and smarter. And exactly. And, and so here's the thing. I, I, I really want to encourage anyone who struggles with that in any area to know, you know what? That God does transform and he does heal and he can bring us from those places that have been a hindrance. Um, I grew up with that. That was one of the lies, I believe, perfectionism. I had to be perfect. I had to. You know, my mom, was. she looked at me sideways if I brought a B home and it wasn't an A. And I bet not even think about a C if that ever had happened. I don't know what, you know, she would take the phone away if I... <laughs> If I brought home a beat. See yourself. (laughs) And so, but I'm going to tell you how long this thing plagued me and I didn't even realize it. I was in grad school and I didn't go to grad school right after, um, right after undergrad. You know, I went a few years back and the interesting thing to show you how this stuff can hold you. I was not doing well in my Hebrew class. And while I loved it and I wanted to be there, I had to see the professor. I had a a tutor and I just could not. My little A was just plummeting and I'm devastated. And I'm just like, what is this? I didn't even know if I was going to pass the class. Well, I ended up getting a D. That's not good in grad school. I ended up getting a D in the class and I was devastated. I couldn't understand it. Why in the world? I've done everything I could. And I remember the first thing that helped me was one of my classmates who knew I was really upset. He said to me, Carol, I promise you, when you graduate, if anyone asks you to speak, no matter what church you may be at, no matter what event, no one will ever ask you what your grade was in Hebrew. (laughs) Something so simple. But it, it, I'm telling you, by the end of my conversation with him, I was laughing. But let me tell you, it didn't all happen then because I, you know, my mom's like, how's grad school? How's school? I never told her. I, I could not bring myself to tell her or any of my siblings that I got a D in a class. Right. It took a long time. So deliverance does come because I just and I don't even know who's listening. I just let y'all know I got a D in Hebrew. There was a time I couldn't do that. (laughs) And, you know, and there's so many things, like you said, there's cultural, there's a lot of different layers of, you know, sometimes people are first generation um, getting education in this country or immigrants. There's so many different layers that. Um, can bombard us but as you said as we wrap this up that you know what we really have to let God be our North Star be our director and not allow society and others expectations of us drive our purpose and the plans the plans that God has given everyone this year those plans I would say and I think I read something recently that if you share your plans 
for this year and the people that you read it to are not shocked, then you haven't, you haven't really. Mm, that's good. Mind. That's good. Because, because where, what I got was if it doesn't shock them, then that means God must not be in it because you should read your purpose and plan to someone and they should be like, how are you going to do good. that? That's good. That's <laughs> good. Because you can only, you know, I think we, we go for low hanging yes. fruit. We go for what we really believe that we could do, but we don't really stretch ourselves that this is what God's going to do. And if God's going to do it, it's going to look 10 times way more abundant than, you know, than what I could think of for myself. And so if we really are praying and asking God to give me a goal and the Lord is putting on your heart something that you can't imagine, hey, I need to put down some tactics and put that plan down and pray it through because miracles happen every yes. day for people. Why would you not be worthy of that miracle? Why would you not be, what did the word say about he will exceed our yeah. expectation? We need to live with that. Exceedingly, abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond right. what we could ever dare ask or imagine. So that if you look at your plan and it looks like I'll pay off my credit card bill. Well, okay. Right, right, right. But you know, maybe you should look at, I'm going, you know, whatever the Lord's putting in your heart, it should be a real stretch that you can only accomplish this in prayer and fasting and really watching the Lord work and bring breakthroughs to make it happen. Then you are really looking at I've exceeded. You know what? If, if you're today living in a hut and the Lord says one day you're going to be in a mansion, you better believe that's going to make it to my plan list of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my faith, declare it and decree it and look in the mirror and say this is what the Lord gave me and this is what I'm going for. Yes. 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 That's so good, Lisa. That's it. You know, I, I, I want to share something you said reminded me of this when I was thinking about um, 2021, you know, and everyone wanted to run into 2021, leave 2020 behind, you know, and my thing was, you know, let's not miss the hand of God in the midst of this pandemic. But I thought about 2021 and, uh, you know, numbers are important to God. And I said, two plus zero plus two plus one equals five. That's the number of grace in the word. And you know what? That's his favor. <laughs> And the ability Amen. to do that. I remember my last year of grad school, I was working 60 hours a week between internship and residency. I was taking a full load, writing my final paper, family, all these things. And all I can tell you is the grace of God. I, it was supernatural. I could have never done that in my own strength. It didn't even make sense. And so... Yeah, and for whatever reason, when you said that, it made me think there's a mom listening right now that may be single, that may have children, that has dreams of having a career in a certain area, but she can't see her way out of it. And I just got the word that the Lord said that you are to move in what he's told you to do and not worry about your day to day because he's already established how your bills are going to be paid, how your children are going to be cared for. And I can say this to you because he yes. did it for me. He did it for me. When there was no way, he made a way. And my children got scholarships to college and he brought them through and reminded me that they're my children too. So I really want folks to, I want to, number one, thank my girl, Carol, Reverend Carol, for coming and sharing this hour with us because it was truly the Lord and the Holy Spirit and we're kind of a, an open book kind of folks anyway so we really want you to glean what God is doing in your life and know that we want to just send prayers and praise and faith that you will hold on to what those things are that you started out your list with. And to be honest, some of you may want to go back and pray and say, you know what? It's true. I haven't stretched myself. And God has more than a morsel for me. But he has, as Carol mentioned earlier, an abundant life waiting for me. 
and I need to be open to receiving yeah. an abundant life. Not not the crumbs from the table, but the full meal. And I just want to I always send prayers to Reverend Carol and her practice and what she does each and every day with people and with breakthroughs, but I just pray that this hour has been a breakthrough for each of you and that God truly let you see him in full force in 2021 and that you will live a life of faith and be fearless yes. and have the courage to change have the courage yes. to change so thank you so much thank Carol. you it's been and my pleasure thank god for the ordained time um it's i i am truly blessed i am truly blessed and i believe every Amen. hearer will hear a word that will jumpstart, kick, move forward into your destiny. Expect it. Expect it. Amen. Well, thank you, and we're going to be out. God bless.